And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I am your host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, good show for you today. A pretty short show, actually. I'll make sure the uh, the show on Wednesday is longer. But a good show today. We had my good friend Halsey English again. The returning Halsey English from HalseyNews.com and the Halsey English Show on YouTube. I always have a good chat with Halsey. He's a good dude, smart guy. Talked about all the craziness over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, he only had, like, 20, 25 minutes, so we didn't get to everything. But, uh, hey, got another show coming out on Wednesday, and uh, we'll try to cover the rest of all this nonsense then. But, yeah, before we get to Halsey, please check out our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit or you vape already, you have to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. Um, all their stuff is FDA compliant and delicious. They have any kind of mod, battery, tank, coil that you could ever need. Any kind of any kind of gear you need for your e-cig, you can get it there at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Uh, they have physical locations in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. If you are traveling through Northwest Ohio, please check them out in person. If not, PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Uh, free shipping on all orders over thirty-five bucks. You really can't beat that. And uh, follow us on Twitter if you don't already at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five star rating and a good review. We'd appreciate that. Um, obviously, shows every Monday and Wednesday afternoon. The content will always be free, but if you want to support us monthly on Patreon, check us out. Uh, Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. Uh, we have cool incentives if you want to contribute over there. If not, it's all good. Tell your friends about us. And uh, make sure you subscribe and leave us a good rating and review. Without further ado, here's my chat with Halsey English. All right, guys, we're here with Halsey English from Halsey News and the Halsey English Show. Halsey, my friend, how you doing? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Thanks for coming back on. Uh, I think we have you on every like two or three months, which is a good thing. The audience always loves hearing from you. Hey, so, I love uh, it. Absolutely. I love it. I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry that I'm a little hoarse. I've, I've, I've been feeling under the weather the last couple days. So, you know, uh, I might sound a little different today. I mean, you get pretty loud when you're shutting down all these Nazis and leftists that you debate on your show. So I understand being hoarse, man. It's all it's all for a good cause. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So what's what's on the agenda for today? Well, socialists Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which I actually wrote down her name and put it in front of me because I can never remember remember that socialist bitch's name. Um, I think I, I called her like, like I don't know, Anastasia something Gomez or something on the last year. I don't know. Very hard name to remember. But anyway, the two socialists were campaigning the last few days in Kansas, uh, which is pretty weird. They were supporting a Democratic Socialist congressional candidate out there. Um I don't think this is going to be very effective for the socialists. I don't think uh, Kansas is going to elect a socialist to Congress. But just big picture, like fast forward five years, what do you think the Democratic Party is going to look like? Are they going to all look like Bernie Sanders and, and Ocasio-Cortez, or are they going to kind of take the lead of like a Tim Ryan from Ohio and try to moderate? I, I don't know. I think that the Democratic Party 
in five years is going to look just like the UK Labour Party. I don't know. What do you think? So two things. One, it makes sense that they're campaigning in Kansas because this is an off-year election. So turnout is, is going to be down no matter what because there's no right. one on, on the presidential run or on the governor's run in a lot of states. So they're hoping that, you know, a dedicated small group of people will show up that typically doesn't show up and that they'll get a surprise win. So and also people pay them to go on these on these campaign tours. Right. So, you know, not only that, but it boosts their own profile because then video footage from those campaign tours goes on the national news where they have like, you know, as much as much exposure as they want, because CNN will air these clips for 10 years for all they care, you know. Right, which I don't think that's going to help Cortez because anytime she opens her mouth, she says something stupid. Um, she, she said on social. It's media, true, but she's definitely going to win. I mean, she's in a she's in a super super Democratic district in New York. She's de- oh definitely, definitely going to win the seat. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you think? Just the future of the Democratic Party? Are they going the Jeremy Corbyn way of labor in the UK, or are they? Do they have any chance of becoming like a legitimate capitalist party again? I mean, I could see it going any direction. The The issue will be this. If everything keeps going the way that it's going, Trump is going to win in 2020. Right. right? I, I totally agree. So, so they're going to have one of two options. They're going to either have to be ready to take on whoever Trump's successor is, who probably will not be Mike Pence. And if it is, then they're just assuming that Pence will lose. But, you know, um, at that point, they're either going to run someone new and edgy and young and more along the lines of like, whatever the socialist bitch's name is, or they're going to, or they're going to just decide to, to come back to more of a labor oriented, you know, middle-class background. But I don't see that happening because their strategy forever now has been identity politics, racial politics, identity politics. And you can't do that without the democratic socialism. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to to appeal to middle-class voters when you're talking about, about the economy or you're talking about policy. But when you're appealing to people based on their on their race or their ethnicity, it's all about the Gibbs, you know, like, what can I give you today? Right. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. I think it'll be interesting, too, to see who the Dems run in 2020. You know, that'll be a, a nice precursor to the future of their party. You know, it could be, you know, obviously Biden wants to run and Kamala Harris wants to run and Elizabeth Warren. I don't think Elizabeth Warren will, will make it very far, but it'll definitely be interesting um, to see who they're going to put up there. So I've been thinking about something. I want to bring it back to the 1960s. But sure. um, you look at, uh, you saw people, you know, leftists burning the American flag outside of Maxine Waters' office and chanting black power and stuff like this. Um, like, they're completely different situations. But looking at the 1968 presidential election, uh, Nixon won in a landslide. And I can't really help but draw parallels between 68 and what's going on right now. Obviously, Nixon was a much better candidate than Hubert Humphrey, who was the vice president at the time. Uh-huh. But the left saw... Americans saw the left, you know, beating people up in the streets and literally blowing stuff up and lighting fires and and rioting all over the country. And they went with the the rule of law, law and order kind of guy. And obviously there were legitimate reasons to protest in 1968. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. was just assassinated. The Vietnam War was just dragging on and tens of thousands of Americans were, were dying for essentially no reason. There were legit reasons to protest, not to get violent, but to protest. Um, so, I mean, the situation's different. There's really no reason to protest now. <laughs> but uh, do you kind of see some parallels there um, that Americans might still be, you know, inclined to go with the law and order candidate? So I don't see the parallels to the 60s. I see the parallels to Carter running against Reagan. Okay. In that when Carter was 
running, like the general direction of the country was just sad. He even gave that one speech about like the general malice of America. And Carter's general attitude was, well, things aren't great, but you know, they, they're, they're as good as they're going to get right now. And we just kind of have to accept this is where we're in America and this is the way that it is. And they elected Reagan on a populist message to, to bring America back. And he did. And then he landslided in, in 84. You know what I'm saying? So I can imagine that that's kind of where we're at right now is that Obama's message was constantly like, yeah, the manufacturing jobs aren't coming back. Yeah. The economy's not going to do that. Like it was always like kind of just accept where you're at right now. Cause things aren't going to get much better, right. you know? And Trump came in and said, no, we're going to make America great again. Like this is a great country and has unlimited potential. And he was able to bring us back to a, where, where Reagan was able to in the first term. And he's, he's, He's very Reagan-esque in a lot of different ways. So, so I, I compare this more to that than I do to the idea of it being a cultural revolution like it was in the 60s. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was thinking just like the optics, right? With the, the protests, the, yeah. you know, the Antifa hitting people with bike locks. Um, obviously, the leftist rallied outside of Maxine Waters' office, I think, two days ago. Uh, they thought that there was some going to be some kind of right-wing demonstration there, but nobody ever showed up. <laughs> so they, which they, is awesome. They, which is awesome. But so they showed up anyway. They were burning American flags uh, and chanting "Black Power," um, which is just a great look for the left. Um, and Maxine Waters' statement was obviously weak. She was like, "Well, you know, I don't condone burning flags, but they have the right to do it." You know, it's like, okay, right. Maxine, got got it. But uh, so that was kind of my my parallel to '68 was just like the optics. When you turn on the TV, you see the left, and then you see the right. And if you're just a centrist who doesn't really give a shit, you're not going to side with the black power burning the flag outside of Maxine Waters' office. No. You know, you're going to, like the, you know, maybe law and order isn't the right term, but like you're going to go with not that, the opposite of that. So that was kind of my, you know, what, why 68 popped into my mind. Well, I mean, you also look at just the optics, like look at the NFL protests, right? Like, yeah, Trump has been drawing attention to it and a lot of people have been whining about it, but the regular everyday American, I think, thought like me. I didn't care that they were kneeling or not kneeling. I think it's disgusting that they're kneeling. But in my opinion, I don't love football enough that I'm going to put up with watching that to watch football. You know, so to me, I would rather just not watch football. If this is the way the league is going and this is what they find important, then you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll let my advertising dollars go somewhere else. I'll let my support go somewhere else. And I think a lot of Americans agreed with me and i think it came to a point where even if trump didn't say a word and the nfl just let this keep going on you'd have the same result because regular americans are tired of it we're tired of hearing about how terrible our country is and we're responsible for every horrible thing in the world and if you look at it like you compare us to china or russia china or russia are doing better because we're so horrible you know black people are being shot down in the streets by cops at every turn like People are tired of hearing all this nonsense, especially now that they're realizing that most of it isn't even true. Right. You know, like it's one thing if it were true and it looked like everything was being covered up. But most people are like, you know, these things don't happen very often. And when they do, they're investigated, they're publicized and people deal with them. So, no, we're tired of watching these people who get paid millions of dollars kneeling on the American flag, talking about what a terrible place it is. You know, like if if you've got millions of dollars, go out and, and, and fight the injustice that you want to fight. As opposed to just being an asshole on TV, right? And that's the that's the toughest thing. Looking at, you know, the the big difference between the the '60s and '70s protests, 
And now, like I said, there was legit reasons, right? And I like I'm not a protest guy. Like I'm just not a I'm not a pro. It would take a lot to get me to go protest literally anything. <laughs> because, I'm with you on that. So you know, it would have to be like a. I mean, look, Obama, President Obama had awful, awful policies and did a lot of terrible things, but not once was I even close to <laughs> protesting. I'm just, I'm not. Well, that they're guy. ineffective. They don't really they're, do anything. They're ineffective, right? Unless, like, it's got to be you got to be in some real dire straits to get me to to protest. But, like, look at '68, for instance, the Vietnam War. We were right in the just the slog of the of the Vietnam War. It was not going well, and there was no end in sight. Martin Luther King was just assassinated earlier that year. I mean, there's there there are like legit things to protest now. Like if you're if you're a libertarian and you want to protest the fact that we have troops in Afghanistan 17 years later, or troops in Iraq for the last 15 years, and we shouldn't have been in there in the first place. They, yeah, like you can. That seems legit to me, I guess, since like people are actually dying on both sides. Or if you want to protest the fact that we're 21 trillion in debt, <laughs> like that seems like a legit reason. Right. But but right, not like the making up statistics or doctoring statistics to look like cops are gunning down black people randomly all the time which is of course not true it's in e- you're equally likely to be killed by a cop if you're white you know i'm all for police retraining you know i don't think anybody should be shot in the back while running from a cop obviously but I, it's not really that much of a racial issue there's just not a lot of reasons to protest nowadays and that's what makes it even more frustrating well that and as i said it's just completely ineffective I mean, you know, if 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 we really believe that our lawmakers were going to listen to us because we could turn out to the streets, then that would be one thing. But we know that they're not because there's no other pressure that people are bringing to bear. Like the Women's March turned out all those people to the streets right after Trump got elected. But what was their point? There was not they weren't saying we're going to boycott anybody who does business with Trump or we're going to do this. Or we're going to do that. They were basically just like, hey, we're going to get together for a party to talk about what an asshole this guy is. Well, <laughs> fine we heard you but you know it didn't change anybody's opinion on anything no if anything it just made them look bad no you know so i don't see protesting as being an effective means of of showing congress what what you're thinking or or that you're going to throw them out of the of the 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 office you know right and i think like the vietnam protests for instance were somewhat effective because it was all different groups of people were were protesting the vietnam war you know, like it, was, it wasn't a racial thing. It wasn't like a class thing. It was Democrats, Republicans. It was the Catholic Church was very you know, hard against the Vietnam War. Like it was all all different groups of people. And then you look at like the women's march, like when pro-life women wanted to march, they kicked them out and told them to go home. It's like, okay, exactly. Well, like there's, <laughs> there's that. In, and, and Vietnam was a sustained thing. Like they right. were having marches against Vietnam every single weekend and they were seeing politicians that. You know, we're, we're, we're losing their seats over the Vietnam War. So they, they saw the writing on the wall and they started to act, you know. And, I mean, the election of Kennedy, I, I mean, um, of, of Carter was kind of like a, a sign that, like, the country was moving in that democratic direction. Right. You know, so it's it's just one of those things where if, it, if it's going to have a, an effect, then and great, protest. But if it's just going to be one of those things where a whole bunch of people are turning up just to kind of voice that they're pissed off then don't expect too much. Absolutely. And with the unemployment rate at like, you know, under 4%, you'd seem like these people would have something else to do, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so this morning, exactly. this morning, president Trump, uh, tweeted responding to the president of Iran. I'm not going to try to pronounce that gentleman's name, by the way. Um, his, you know, Rouhani, Rouhani, right, right. And, uh, you know, who threatened America again, like they do, you know, every day that ends in Y. Um, and Trump's tweet essentially said, knock it off or you'll regret it. 
<laughs> you know. And right on cue, the left started defending Iran again. Um, that well, doesn't seem very do. smart. I mean, it's it's not smart, and it's also to the point of, you know, they're going to protest anything Trump does on principle, and they're going to make it seem like like this is something that people are going to get behind, and they're just not. They they absolutely will not get behind people who are standing up for Iran against America, no. you know? So this day and age, it's just, it's just not one of those things that's going to work. And what Trump has proved is that what he's doing is working. Right. You know, he's, hold on, yeah, a little bit of a wind tunnel right now. He's no proving that he's proving that by, by, by showing these people that we're not going to put up with this bullshit and that, you know, and that by, by saying like, listen, we're going to stand up for our people. We're going to stand up for our for our allies. We're going to to do all of this. Where he's actually turning results, and he's turning results often. So I don't don't think that I don't think that the left's protesting and the left's whining and the left's jumping up and down and, and saying no, Iran is actually good people, is really going to help anybody in this situation. And I think this is all going to help President Trump. I mean, if you just look at the list of people that the left defends, the left is defending Iran, Hamas, Hezbollah. Burning the flag. MS-13. MS-13 and communism. Okay. Yeah. And the left is opposing Israel, ICE, borders in general, capitalism, and the Constitution. So I'm yeah, like, like, okay, this, this is... Trump is tricking these people, and they're, they're walking right into it, just head first, right into it. It's like it's like a Looney Tune. They're like Wiley Coyote. Yeah, basically. It's incredible. And like... It, he, that is Trump's superpower, right? To get the left to defend literally the most evil entities on the planet. Yeah, I think that that I think he's kind of like doing it on purpose. Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, I, obviously he did this on a Monday morning. That might be a little genius. I think he's doing it on purpose at this point. Yeah. I think at this point he's just sitting around and they're like, hey, who are you going to get the left to back up this week? And he's like, I don't know, Jeffrey Dahmer. And they're like, nah, he's dead. Let's go with someone else. Okay, how about Iran? Cool, you know? And he just, and so he'll tweet out like, hey, don't threaten us or we'll nuke you. You know? And all of a sudden the left's out there like, no, Iran is the greatest people that ever lived. You know, like we should learn something from their regime. You know, it's it's just, it's just going to keep happening. And I think the fact that no matter how loud they get, Trump just keeps not listening to them is sending a strong message to even our allies that like America's not going to be screwed with this time. Right. Like when he went to the NATO summit uh, two weeks ago, they understood that like America is back and we're not sitting here putting up with their crap anymore. You know, like you want to have your socialist paradise where you have cradle to grave benefits for all of your citizens, including millions and millions of, of quote unquote economic migrants, then that's fine. But stop asking us to pay for your national defense. Right. And just the timing behind this tweet, I have to think, I mean, a lot of the times I just think Trump kind of just spouts off and does things randomly. But, I mean, his news, the news cycle around the president was really bad for the last week after the Helsinki summit. And it seems like this morning he just decided, okay, this week's news cycle is going to be about Iran. Because that's a winning issue. <laughs> like it's a, No, it's, a it's not just that, I think. I think also that Putin and Trump have obviously put together a, a winning strategy for the Middle East. And you see it in that. Syria is coming, getting back on track. Iran is being marginalized. Israel seems, you know, less nervous about a war. Like everything is working that Trump and Putin are doing in the Middle East. So if they're going to bring up the fact that Trump met with Putin, he's going to bring up the fact that why, 
you know, like that him and Putin are not listening to this nonsense about the Democrats freaking out over Russia meddling in our elections and, and that they're going to get to work and they're going to make this world a better place, regardless of how much the Democrats want to scream. Well, so it's almost like you, a reaction. I want to ask you uh, just about your reaction to like that press conference that that not too great press conference after the, the summit. But first, I the, my main reaction, I wasn't as outraged as most people just because. How can you be when the left is so loud and obnoxious and ridiculous and everything's Hitler and the end of the world? They called it Pearl Harbor and, you know, the right. Holocaust and everything. So I'm like, OK, well, I, I didn't like Trump's comments, but are you, what, what the hell's wrong with you people? <laughs> you know, essentially. But at but, the same time, like, look, these are the same people that have been telling us for 10 years now that our intelligence services can't be trusted because they brought us to war in Iraq um, over non-existent weapons of mass destruction. And then Trump says, well, I haven't seen any evidence that shows our intelligence services are really doing the right thing right now. And they're like, oh, my God, how dare he question our intelligence services? Yeah, blindly you follow know? the intelligence, you know, the intelligence services. Yeah, I, I don't understand the about face there from the left. Oh, I mean, I understand it. It's just ridiculous. But my main like my gut reaction to seeing the hysteria around those comments. And, yeah, like Trump should never have made like a moral equivalency between the United States and Russia. That was pretty gross and just incorrect. Yeah. But like. This is my and this is like my libertarian side coming out. And I'm not like a Ron Paul isolationist or anything. I'm not. But I'm like, wow, there would be one one hundredth the hysteria if Trump came out and said, hey, we just started bombing another country in the Middle East. Like, who aren't we bombing? Like, we're not bombing Lebanon. Right. If we're like, OK, we're going to war with Lebanon. Everybody would be like, all right. Yeah, it makes sense. But it's like, oh, we had a peaceful conversation with Vladimir Putin. Hitler! <laughs> you know? It's like, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, where, like, the hysteria, like, there should be hysteria over this blockade of Yemen where, like, children are starving to death. And, like, we're not blockading them, it's the Saudis, but we're supporting the Saudis who are blockading Yemen. But still, tens of thousands of children are starving to death. Where's the outrage over that? But there's outrage over having a conversation with Vladimir Putin. I just don't understand. I just look at it the same way I look at everything else when it comes to the left is that if Barack Obama was up there having that same exact conversation with Putin and giving the exact same statement, would the left be as pissed off? And you know they wouldn't. No. They would have nominated him for his second Nobel Prize at this point. Right. If he came out and had that exact same conversation, he'd be like, listen, he was willing to stand up to our intelligence services and make peace in the Middle East with Russia. Like, Barack Obama, like, hail to the God Emperor. You know what I'm saying? And at this point, if if I look at it and say, you know what, I think the left, if they were thinking straight would be upset about this if Barack Obama did it, then I'll step back and go, maybe they got a point. But I don't think that they would have minded him saying the same exact thing at all. So, so no, I, I just, I'm not hysterical about it at all. Yeah, they just, they, and maybe I should be more upset than I am, but I'm just not because the left has so just delegitimized themselves. They've cried wolf so many times that it's like, man, and just on a, just a basic humanitarian level, I'm way more outraged about war than peace, <laughs> which yeah. I think just as a human, as a decent human being, uh, that's where we should all be. Um, am I, like, am I miss, that's a very oversimplified take on humanity, but am I missing something, Halsey? <laughs> no, you're not missing something at all, and i got to jump off after this, after this statement, but you also have to look at it this way, is that consistently right now, the left is taking positions that are against America. Right. Like they want America to lose because that means Trump lost. You know what I'm saying? So right. when I look, when I watch them freaking out all the time at this point, I'm not looking at it as, well, they just disagree with him on policy. They're willing to like, 
like, look at Bill Maher. He said something like, I want the recession because then they'll blame it on Trump. Yeah, he said, bring out like, the recession. Yeah. Like, do you listen to what you're saying? You want people to struggle to feed their families. You want people to lose their homes and, like, you know, become homeless. Yep. Just so you can prove that Trump's an asshole. Like, yep. what's wrong with you people? I don't know. You know? And because they're doing that so often nowadays, whenever they freak out, I'm just defaulting now that Trump's doing the right thing. Unless I'm proven otherwise. I know. I know. And it's it's so hard to call balls and strikes when the left is like that. But Halsey, thanks for coming on, man. I know you only had a few minutes and you got to go. Everybody follow Halsey on Twitter at Halsey English. Uh, check out the Halsey English show on YouTube. Go to HalseyNews.com. Halsey, love you, brother. We'll have you back Thank soon. Thank you so much for having me, man. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. I'm Brady Leonard. Bye-bye. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.